And shout Hosanna. Hosanna. Oh, come on up. Oh, I am glad you are here to wave palms with us this morning, to shout Hosanna. I wonder if anybody has ever heard what that word means. Why do we shout Hosanna? Cooper, do you remember? Oh, close. Yeah, we shout it like we shout that, but this one means a little something different. Have you heard it before? When they were shouting Hosanna, they were, they were shouting to Jesus, save us, Lord, save us. And they were shouting it with joy and with celebration because a king was coming, but not the kind of a king that they thought was coming. And you know, all these years later, You and I know that Jesus is a different kind of a king than they thought was coming, but we still shout Hosanna. We still shout, Lord, save us. So when we do, I wonder what we're asking Jesus to save us from. What do you think, Madison? To save us from our sins. And we shout Hosanna. Oh, yeah. Cooper. Save us from captivity. And we shout Hosanna. Hosanna. What is Jesus? What are we shouting to Jesus for? To save us from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, captivity. To save us from being far away from God. We want to be near to God, near to Jesus. And so we shout, Hosanna! We do. For these and for so many things, we come today. We come to worship. We come to church. To pray to Jesus. To know that Christ is with us. And to shout, Hosanna! To the one who loves us enough to come and save us. And so, may we pray this morning. Can you pray with palms in your hands? All right. Be careful of your neighbor there. And let us pray. As we say, dear Lord, we give you thanks that you love us, that you save us. Help us, Lord. To love you every day. Amen? Hosanna? Hosanna. 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 Some antiphonal hosannas. be up here like a good little girl. (laughs) Oh, amen. Let us say a Hosanna just one more time. Hosanna. Wasn't it awesome seeing the kids, you know, walk around with their palm branches? I got into it just a little bit too much this service. (laughs) I started joking. I did. Forgive me, Jesus. And in the spirit of Hosanna, let us joyfully give the giving of our gifts, and we pray and hope that this will be to the advancement of God's kingdom where we are planted, 
And at this time, will our ushers please come forward as we worship God with the giving of our gifts.
please be seated. One of the main purposes of prayer is to develop our relationship with God and to allow ourselves space to listen for God to commune with us. It is one of the worries, I think, of discipleship, of learning how to pray. The disciples asked Jesus this, and he responded by teaching them the prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. But there is also another use for prayer that is a priestly function, and that is this thing we call a pastoral prayer, where one of the pastors or one of the lay leaders stands before the congregation and gather up the concerns, the worries, not just of the congregation, but also of the world, and to offer those prayers to God Knowing that God will receive and hear them, it is a holy priestly function. So, in my first appointment, right at the beginning, when I was speaking with the senior pastor about what my duties would be in worship, and he said, oh, and you'll be responsible for the pastoral prayer, I started to tremble. And I went home, and my mother was living across the street from us at the time. She had just recently retired from active ministry in the North Texas Conference. And I said, Mom, how do I do a pastoral prayer? And she reached over, and she pulled a little book off of her shelves called Singer of Seasons. And she said, this is a little book of pastoral prayers by a woman named Beverly Sawyer who was a pastor in the Arkansas Conference in the late 70s. And Mom said, read Beverly's prayers, and you should be able to find your prayer voice. Beverly died of a car accident before I learned of her ministry and before I was able to lay my hands on her book But I used her book for many years, leading congregations in pastoral prayers, and she taught me how to pray from the other side of the grave. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, she lent her voice to mine. And two of the prayers that we are going to hear this morning are hers. So let us enter a time of prayer And let us listen for God's voice as we pray. O God, we imagine that the procession was great. Was it? We imagine the streets packed with onlookers in a holiday mood, brought together by the news that the king was coming into town. Someone must have been passing out palm branches and shouting instructions down the line. Someone was selling a snack. A baby was crying. They had waited for the king, not just that day, but all their lives. They had waited for the king to come and save them from the Romans. 
and save them from famine and save them from war. They had waited for the king to come and solve all their problems and fill all their needs and answer all their prayers. We imagine, God, that the cheer went up and Hosanna rang through the streets, that the palm fronds went down row upon row upon row, and you rode serenely into town on that borrowed colt. Was it like that? Or was it instead like some scene from our own lives, some ordinary daily scene, like the havoc before we leave for work or school, or the last-minute dash for Easter clothes? Was it perhaps like the stillness in the house after a funeral, or the stillness in the heart after the divorce? Or did the crowd just look up one day as we might, and see you coming around the corner of their lives and whisper out of astonished desperation as we would, Hosanna, save us now. For we need saving, O God. Even in the midst of the community that is in your name, darkness often seems at the edges, threatening to creep in. And this week we face that long road you traveled to Golgotha. We dare to ask your presence, even as we struggle like Peter, with our own duplicity and divided loyalty. Help us to find our strength in weakness, to look for your glory where we least expect it.
Beverly Sawyer. Beverly was a classmate and a friend of mine, and of many others there at Perkins School of Theology during those mid-70s years. We spent a lot of time, a lot of time, in seeking after God in Jesus and considering profound and not-so-profound questions about God in the church and the work of the Christian mission in the world. It was a good time. Beverly helped make it so. Her death, as well as her life, lives with me still. Let us return to prayer, if we will. We pray this morning, O God, for the nameless faces in daily crowds, for the man standing next to us in the elevator, for the cleaning woman we pass in the hall, for the new neighbors down the street who hurry and shout and do not speak, all of them bound to unknown destinations. We pray this morning, O God, for the faceless names in the daily newspaper, for the family killed in a car accident, for workers laid off their jobs, for those arrested for crimes we detest. O God, we pray for those involved in the banal and the bizarre events of everyday life, for those whom we pity and for those whom we disdain, for those we envy and those whom we admire. We pray for these people, God, for we too are the faces and names of which crowds are composed. People pass us in corridors or in traffic jams or in grocery stores and never see us again. We, we are the lonely, the grief-stricken, the frightened, the angry, the frustrated, We are the modern-day version of the Jewish peasant crowd who looked up one day to see the answer to their prayers clomping into town on a donkey's back. We are the ones who, like they, have made our niche in history by saying yes and then abandoning that very answer to our prayers. We pray this morning, O God, that we have the courage not only to shout Hosanna along with the crowd, but also to remain with you at at the foot of the cross, fearful and lonely. Spirit of Christ, strengthen us. Help us to be faithful to the end. For you have promised that at the end of all things is a new beginning.
we begin Palm Sunday as celebrants, as observers, watching the children parade by, gathering near to join in and shout Hosanna, to watch Jesus go by. But you and I cannot keep that distance. You and I move nearer to Christ. We move closer to the mystery of Easter. And so we come with fear and trembling near to the heart of God. And we join in prayer as Jesus prays with us. He prays, I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me I have given to them, And they have received them, and know in truth that I come from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one.
They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther... He threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, that the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. He came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleep? Can you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy. And they did not know what to say to him. He came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough! The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer said hand. So here we are at Palm Sunday beginning of Holy Week. Now, our human nature is to have a desire to have that TV remote in our hand and to hit fast forward and get to the happy part of Easter, the resurrection. But we all know that that's not authentic. That's not real. That's not going to create the relationship with God that God intends for us to have. That's not going to allow us to experience the richness and the fullness of trust and faith in God. We are called to enter into the heart of this experience and the heart of this holy time. We are called to draw ourselves as a community and as individuals into the deep reality of this week. But we do not go into this without knowing that we go in fully in God's presence, fully in God's love, fully 
embraced in God's arms. So as we use the Apostle Creed as our benediction, imagine God's arms enfolding you even as you read these words. And fear not, be not timid to enter the heart of this very sacred and holy week. Now if you will stand and join with me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.